Joining me now is our good friend Barb Lampson. We're going to talk about gardening. We're both master gardeners, and Barb, there is a frost advisory coming up overnight. Karen, that is much too soon. But you know, I I've read that this is normal for the growing season, and we've been spoiled the last couple of years where we had that extended growing season where we just kept working right into way into October and it just seemed like uh, November and it seemed like it was never going to end which was awesome for gardeners but it's over and I have not done a thing to put anything in the house and get you know the plants I've got my coleus outside I've got my sensitive plants that I want to keep outside so I'm going to have to just get busy you know Karen uh, I was told someone I feel like I'm really ahead of schedule this year I really feel like I've done everything that I should do and I'm not behind because the end of September, you think this is going to last forever. And then the cold weather set in and the rain. And then I realized why I get behind. It isn't (laughs) that I'm retired. I've got the time. Right. And I work full time and have kids. So it's harder for me. But And then the weather doesn't cooperate. So I was out this week. um, I had wet hair. (laughs) I had dirty knees. I I was hauling things. And consequently, I did get everything that was in potted plants that needs to go in. I got things like that in. Now, most of the uh, potted plants I have outside that I save are the amaryllis. Those are the bulbs that now I put them into everything went into the greenhouse not into the house but into the greenhouse and the amaryllis you stop watering them now and you let them go dormant when they're dormant I carry them in. I have shelves in the basement in an unheated room and they go in there and they're just fine but <clears throat> earlier uh, I, we had some wind, I think it must have been in, in August, and uh, my coleus, big, I found that these, the coleus that we're getting now, they grow to be so big, but those uh, branches, uh, when the wind hits them, they're watery, and they snap off easily. See, I have mine kind of in a protected place, so all mine are just beautiful. They're right next to the house in a bed, and right. so I've got tons of them, which I'm going to have to just snip, 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 because they will be, after the frost, they're going to be done. Yes, that's exactly right. <clears throat> so when I had this wind come through and snip off some of these branches, I recut them, and I put them in water, and I have massive... Uh, root balls on them now. They just, they just got roots instantly. They did extremely well. So now that will be the thing I'll do today when I get home is to get those in pots. But <clears throat> one of the things that I also take in from outside, which isn't annual, but it's too big to bring in, I have to take cuttings, is that red hibiscus that I have. And that is probably six feet tall now. You can do cuttings off of that? Yes. Not the hardy ones. Oh, you're talking the the tropical ones that you you can't re... And and not just any tropical one. And I mean, this is just, to me, it's just really surprising the way I can take those cuttings off and that I can get these massive plants. Something like that can grow to six feet tall in my garden. I don't try growing them in pots outside. They'd be too big. They'd tip over in the wind. But they are great to get started inside. They're very easy to start. I get them into soil. And then... Actually, in the wintertime, 
<clears throat> I have them in the south window getting as much sun maximum and then also adding humidity in there for them. I was going to say that's the key when you bring things in. If you don't have a place where it's going to have some sunshine or even a uh, artificial light or something, yeah. you're going to find that you're going to have a failure. So I yes. mean that's the key is light because people say, well, they just do terrible inside. Well, it's probably sure. because of the light. I want to ask about Mandevilla. Can you do cuttings from Mandevilla? Because right now my <coughs> Mandevilla is just gorgeous. It's in uh, this obelisk, so it's underneath it. So everything is entwined, and there's no way I could just take the pot out without, you know, having to cut all the vines off. So can I do slips, you know, or <coughs> how, what I, can I do? Well, th- th- it would be wise to at least try, as long as that's such a healthy plant. So go to the top where you've got the newest mm-hmm. wood and cut back into that. And you know, it's not about taking a big section to to root. Take a small section. Be sure that when you put it in warm water uh, that you don't have any foliage you know, in the water itself. So it doesn't get and, bacteria. Right. And just keep changing that water out. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if it doesn't. You know, the strangest thing happened in my kitchen. I had a store-bought sweet potato, and (laughs) I thought... That you were planning to eat, correct? That I was planning to eat, yes. yes. And I looked, and I had it in a basket, and I had four sprouts on it. So I thought, wow, this is amazing. I wonder if I can cut this off very carefully and if I can put it in water. Well, you know what? It's it it is developing roots in there. Okay, so yeah, so who and I thought they were always sprayed so that they couldn't germinate. This is the first time that's well, did happened. Did you get organic ones or something? I wonder. It, no, it was just a regular store bought one. So I don't know what the deal was. I wouldn't try to use this to grow it. Like thinking I'm going to get uh, uh, another a crop. Yeah. yeah root from that. I would just use it in a in a planter as, you know, just for the vines that you would get. But <clears throat> if you have time to fool around with something like that and you see something sprouting, it's really great. The other thing I forgot about was um, this year on my back porch right outside the door, I've had this huge pot of herbs that has done just beautifully. And it's in a raised planter in a, you've seen those flat round containers that you can get now that aren't really so high, but they're about 10 inches deep and they're wide. They're bowl shaped. They're like a big, big giant bowl. It is. And then I've got a container that will hold that up in the air. So when I come out the back door, it's at eye level. I don't even have to bend over to cut these herbs. And I've just been using it and using it. But I did have some perennial herbs in there. And I kind of forgot that I needed to get those in the ground because I have things like sage in there. I want to keep them over. As a matter of fact, I think I bought it from you at the at our garden sale. Which one was that? The sage. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a little plant. No, I didn't do sage. You didn't. Somebody from our garden nope. club. It's just it's just been really prolific. So I've got that in the ground, and um, something else I got from you. I got two small pepper plants. That yes. honestly, they were anemic. They were so tiny and so fragile. And I kept them in my greenhouse, and I turned them to the sun, and I paid, I babied them, I kept them watered, and then I, I transferred them to a bigger pot. And did they ever do okay? They did. I put them in my cloth pot, and I put them together because they were small. Yes. <clears throat> put them outside, and so they were. I I'm waiting. 
I'm thinking these are supposed to be yum yum. Now, well, they were. I thought they were yum yum peppers, but I also planted some other seeds apparently as well and didn't yes. label them well. <laughs> well, it, you know, once they uh, they just sort of caught up. They were like they were, you know, really fragile at first, but they caught up, and they got green peppers on them. And I realized, and I thought they were jalapenos, and just became covered. So then, after they were green, they turned bright yellow. So I thought, well, you know, my daughter gave me a recipe for stuffed jalapeno peppers. So there you go. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. So I took some and brought them in, washed them up, and I thought, now I'm just going to see how hot they are. They aren't hot at all. Oh, those are sweet ones then. Yeah, they are. But they're like a jalapeno. I mean, they're... They're they're that shape, right? Is what I'm saying. I've never seen anything quite like it in the store. I don't know what it is, but there's two of them. I they're, might have got those from Harvey actually at the the sale because I I might have picked up a couple from him <laughs> too. I don't know. Well, he usually doesn't have anything that's really anemic, but then of course you know Harvey. Well, you he know was he, had raising rough, things. he had a rough year this year though. He did, yeah, because he yes. lost a bunch yeah. of seeds. So yeah, yeah, because we had problem with the the starter soil. There was a certain brand that uh, we, yes. we had talked about that. Yes. Things not sprouting or not doing very well. So sometimes your soil, even if you buy it, is supposed to be good. You could get it done. Yes, that's true. Well, I just want you to know that last year when I took in my pepper plant, and that was a uh, uh, the um, like the yum yum, but the bigger one. So uh, and it came in reds and yellows, and it was a, a very good pepper. And I kept it on into November, and it kept growing in the greenhouse. So now these two that are in this one cloth pot, which was very easy to lift, I might say, and um, it's in the greenhouse, and and they seem to be happy there too. They're on my workbench, and and they're doing really really well. Uh, also, um, I have. Uh, a tomato that I that I brought in, and um, so, and what I've started doing is because I've just been. My husband said, "You told me you weren't going to buy a lot of spring bulbs, <laughs> but it looks like you're buying a lot of spring bulbs." And I said, "Yes, I'm sorry." You know, you can't trust me when it comes to tulips, daffodils, you, things like that. Doesn't your husband? Your husband knows you, so he does. Yeah. He does. So what I what I started doing, and they don't recommend this, but I had to do this because I needed this space. I started digging my dahlias, and I at the time that I planted these, because I was in competition with Hardy, I really improved the soil. I amended it. I added in organics, and so I knew this would be a great place to start planting tulips. So I have dug some of my dahlias. Normally, they recommend that you wait until after the first frost. Right, till the, the, the foliage on top freezes because uh, same with the cannas. I wait till after they're green and they're, they're still pretty. I've got beautiful orange and, and red blooms on my cannas. And then once they freeze and go yeah. crispy, then I, I dig them up because the soil doesn't freeze hard for a while. So that's yes. usually when they recommend, yeah, for, for dahlias too. But for, um, and, and these bulbs, they had multiplied and they got so big. Now the trick is going to be to divide them. So I think I might get some expertise from Harvey on that. As a matter of fact, in our October programs, we're going to do best practices. But I want somebody to stand over me and say, it's okay to cut here. 
because well, these are really nice bulbs. They now. are huge. The the roots on the dahlias do get huge, and I've had them before. And I I don't take them apart because I just leave them together because I'm afraid I'm going to hurt them. Because I know you have to have an eye at the top, and I'm never sure which one the eye exactly is. So that's why it is important to have some help on that. Yeah, exactly. Until you get used to doing that, and then of course having the right temperature for storing them in. Now, one of the things that was a little bit disconcerting to me this week was um, I was reading about the Farm Bill. And in the Farm Bill, in Section 9101, there is a section about pesticides. And as you know, the neonicotinoids, or they're called neonics for short, is a pesticide that is extremely harmful to our pollinators. As a matter of fact, they've now discovered, science tells us, that the neonicotinoids are addictive to the bees just as nicotine is addictive to human beings. So give me more, more, more. Yeah, so they seek it out. So, And this is a very bad combination. And this, in the farm bill, what they're asking for, this is proposed by, uh, uh, this is the Republican language, they're asking that th- uh, no state, county, city can supersede the regulations that are set at the federal level for pesticides. So they would make the ruling and then we couldn't decide for ourselves. And that is such a bad thing. You know that um, independence and being able to set your own norms for your own community, your own county or your own state is so important to us. So if you haven't read that part of the farm bill or you're not aware of it, it's section 9101 and it's in the House's uh, bill. So take a look at that. And, um, you know, we need to do everything we can for the pollinators. The idea that um, we wouldn't be able to spray, uh, that we wouldn't be able to decide on what we should have on our public areas, in our parks, and in our schools, uh, the type of pesticide, or or whether we should have a pesticide, Th- that's that to me is so wrong. So, <clears throat> with that with that in mind, um, I uh, was thinking about uh, you know what we can do and what we can't do. And then I came across another article that talked about the two trumpeter swans that were killed. In, sh- yeah, in Nicola. shot. Yeah, you know, um, w- David and I we do a lot of traveling around the state and and country. And there's nothing that gives us greater joy than to see something in nature that's just spontaneous, uh, whether it's the pelicans on the lakes or, or you occasionally see swans. And it's just, it's so beautiful. And it's such a wonderful, wonderful thing to experience that and see them <clears throat> enjoying themselves peaceful. And, and so um, I am glad that there was a, uh, hotline where you could come call with your tip to uh, alert the authorities that this had been done and who had done it and uh, I hope that this person gets some education and there are consequences for his action because uh, mistaking trumpeter swans for geese really is is inexcusable and using the wrong you know this type of shot that he used for them that was wrong too so that that was another complaint that I had this week. But <laughs> I am extremely 
happy to say, um, uh, you know, I've been working on my yard. I've got all that, all those weeds that are coming in, and I've been hand pulling and digging, and and I've been replanting. I'm happy to say, thanks to Mother Nature and the rain, uh, my yard has benefited. I have new grass coming, and I did the same thing. I because at the the lake house there was we had new grass, but some of it had weeds and some thin areas. So I did the same thing. I put seed all over, and I did fertilize, you know, right. according to instructions always follow that and so uh the the, i think it's getting kind of late to put grass seed in now isn't it you know i don't think so although you know last last year i mean because we had a long growing season i we had it i think it was october and it still did okay right right uh you know we did that aerating last year and um it 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 took a while for the grass to come up, but it came up, and it did really, really well. So um, I'm just going to kind of play it by ear. I've got the majority of things covered, but as some of these weeds in your yard that are annuals, as they die, you see that because they're changing color. Mm-hmm. You can root those out, and then you can put some grass seed in there. And the key is to try and get them before they, they seed out, and that was really one thing I was trying to do is get them before the, the seeds dry, and then they drop them because then you're going to just have that continuing oh, weed, yeah. weed, weed, weed. So I've done a lot of hand pulling. I mean, you can take and and just spray it all, but then you're still going to have the weed seeds on the heads. It's true. You know, yesterday um, I was watching, trying to watch the TV to see the hearing, um, uh, the Kavanaugh hearing, and I decided it was making me so um, weepy. I was crying, and um, and I was praying. And so I decided to leave it on, but to clean out one of my wardrobes that I have that's got shelves in it. And I was going through my blue jeans. You know, I've just about wore out the knees in about eight pairs of blue jeans. Oh, Barbara, I have I have holes in knees. I have holes in the the rear. I I, I and I you know what I wear them because I just figure. I'm just going to wear out more. So I, I agree. That's one thing. When you're a gardener, that is good exercise because you can see it in your clothes that are wearing, wearing oh, through. Oh, for heaven's <laughs> sakes, yes. And I also, also there's the touch-up and things that you need to do. And I decided that one set of paint clothes, a pair of blue jeans, and a T-shirt, and a long sleeve shirt with paint on them, is enough to save. I don't have to have more than one set. Oh, Barb, sometimes I go through three sets of pants in a day or shirts because I get either so sweaty or so dirty. So, I mean, I have several pair because I know that I'm going to be going through that many. Yeah, and with regular just working in the dirt, I have to have several too. But this is just for painting Oh, painting, okay. When I'm doing the touch-up painting. And you know how that is. As a matter of fact, my husband has, um, he's thinking winter too in the snowblower, and he put a new garage door on the side for bringing our snowblower through because the other one originally I think was 32 inches and now the new door is 36 inches so that the snowblower can easily make its exit out without putting up the big door. So he replaced that and put a nice storm door on there and then towards the back of the garage we have have another uh, door and storm door and he replaced those and they both look like a million bucks and I said... Boy, I got to keep you. You work so cheap. <laughs> you are just really great. Just great. So so that was a good thing to get done. And again, it's beginning to feel 
a little bit like I'm on top of things. But you know, if you have, you know, the other thing you can do for fall is wash out some of your pots too. If you, you know, take yes. take your annuals out of their their pots and wash them now before it gets too cold. Because what happens a lot of times, I'll get it'll get late, and then I do it when it's freezing cold. So that's another thing. And when we were talking about covering your plants, use cloth, use sheets, don't use plastic because if you use plastic. You know, you think, well, I just got a tarp. Well, a lot of times that plastic transfers the cold right to the leaves and you're going to damage them. So sure. So I wanted <coughs> to make sure to, to mention that, that. And sometimes there's special cloth you can get at the store for plants, which I've got some of that. But just general house sheets or blankets are good, too. Sure. You know, I have hoops that we use for all these cold crops. With so kind of a gauze on it. Uh, yeah. uh, yes, right. And the, um, uh, the cold crops, the broccoli... And the Brussels sprouts. And uh, uh, they're just, the broccoli especially, I'll tell you what, it, in the fall, it becomes sweeter. It loves these growing conditions, and it's really prolific right now. And the cauliflower that I complained about that just got bigger and bigger and bigger and didn't make heads now has made heads. Oh, good. So... Uh, the, just patience. Well, no, it's it's. I planted the wrong conditions. You think I planted them on the wrong conditions. The, oh. A cauliflower will not set heads when it's hot. Okay. So uh, I've either got to get them in earlier, or wait till really late, and then wait for the fall. Say, I got a question. I've still got green beans coming on my pole beans, but and I picked a bunch yesterday. They were perfect size, but they were just the toughest beans I've ever had. I mean, what? Why is that? And also beets. I had beets and. They were just really tough. I steamed them, and they they just never got just to a nice yeah. um, edible. Is there something? I mean, can they get too old? Because I guess they looked fine, but um, they shouldn't. Well, I can tell you about the beans. You're probably in between that stage where the uh, bean inside was older and more mature, okay. and then it takes longer to cook them. And what you can do is just, you could have just left them on there and let them totally dry, or pick them and let them totally dry. Then you have like a navy bean. So, But d- they didn't look, they, but the size-wise, the beans inside weren't that big, so that's why they I was that surprised. Big yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, they, sh- you know, usually um, they would be fine. I am just, instead of I'm really kind of busy. Instead of picking the beans now, I'm just letting them dry out. So um, you're going to eat the actual hard... I'll, I'll harvest them, mm-hmm. yeah, and then uh, uh, I'll soak them before I use them, and they'll go into soup or something like that. Sure. And, the, and they're just as nutritional and just as good as can be. Yeah, exactly. And the carrots are very good now, too. Yes, yes. And a reminder, I was reading Diane Dun- Dunham Sully's column, and she said that... Uh, Fall is the perfect time to divide your peonies. And, you know, because that's a plant that doesn't require a lot of attention and a lot of work, we leave it and leave it and leave it. And um, that's fine. You can leave it. But if it's not blooming well, maybe you should dig it. And then be sure that when you plant it, you have the eyes, which are the little pink things, the growing eyes. You have to have a couple of those per per area. And, and you have to have them on the top because if you bury them too deep, you're going to wait right, and right. wait nothing But you happen. can't have them exposed so that they yeah. would freeze. So, so uh, Mulch is good. Mulch is very good. So get your rakes ready because we'll be getting lots of leaves and uh, be sure and get some good yard 
yard bags and store them, and you'll be so glad next spring that you've got them when you need to put mulch back down again. I'm so excited because I have my big chipper shredder that the leaves I suck up, and then I I shred them into fine powder, and that has been wonderful. I, I put it all over the top of my... Uh, not my garden, um, raised garden beds, but my other garden out at the sure. lake, the flat. And it's just adding to that soil and making it so nice and, and um, That's crumbly. one way to add organic matter. And when you mulch, it breaks down faster. Yes. Plus, when you mulch, you can put more in a bag. It's much easier to store oh them gosh, yeah. in the bag. And then they will start breaking down in there. So all of those things are really good. And why not put a mulcher on your list for... Um, you know, birthday, Christmas, whatever. Just uh, a nice surprise gift from one to another. And it's fun to use, too. It's Yeah, right, <laughs> like right. You should see me. Except when you get it plugged up. Well, you know, true, then it's not as fun. Yeah, I found things like hollyhocks, anything that's tall like that. And, and it's, it's stringy. It's stringy. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't work good. No, that's, or I find that they really need to, when you're doing that shredder, you really have to have dry things. Because yep. anything that's green is just going to get muckled. stuck in there and absolutely true so yeah (laughs) well we got a lot to do and and it is going to freeze tonight the frost advisory so if you do have things you want to keep cover them up or bring them in um and now's the time to do it uh because after tomorrow it might be too late that's right karen so happy gardening yes thanks barb talk to you later bye-bye all right barb lampson master gardener Along with me, Karen Wright, on KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin. Online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real world things.